I'm uh, so thankful. I know some of you are uh, still recovering from pony pinning, all right? I chose not to participate in pony pinning. I chose to sleep. That was a great thing. Oh, man, it is, uh, it's, it's great to be here. I'm so thankful that you guys are out here with us today. Um, we just got done our last sermon series called Samson, and uh, I know that you guys enjoyed that. I know I enjoyed it, and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to get right into a new one here with you this morning called The Struggle is Real, right? Uh, some people were talking to me as they came in this morning, and they were like, Pastor, what are we talking about? We just ended Samson. And I said, the struggle is real. And their response was, oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. So maybe I'm going to hit home at some of you here this morning and understand that the struggle is real. Struggles in life are real, right? We all go through them. We all go through difficult seasons. We go through challenges um, that aren't exactly, uh, we're not exactly wanting them to come into our lives. But what I have learned about trying to bring any type of change in my life is that sometimes the hardest changes that come in are due or the result of a difficult struggle. Think about that for a second. Some of the hardest changes that we go through in life are the result of a difficult struggle. Um, think of it this way. Those of you who have ever tried uh, a healthy lifestyle, all right? Um, maybe you tried to, to start eating right, or maybe you've tried a a uh, exercise program, something to get you fit. What is the hardest thing? To start. To start, right? Especially with eating right, all right? I mean, think about it this way. We're just, we're, and, and some of you, this might hit home a little bit, but we're, we're ending the weekend, and a lot of times the work week starts our week, okay? So Monday, I'm going to eat right. Monday, I'm going to do the right things. Monday is a day, you know, because Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you've splurged. You've ate everything maybe you shouldn't have. You know what I'm talking about, all right? The sodas, the junk food, the candies, right? The fattening fried foods, especially at the carnival, the funnel cakes, the clam fritters, the oyster fritters, the french fries. The Amen, we're done. Let's go, all right? So Monday starts the new routine. Monday comes around and you realize, man, you know, Mondays just stink, period. It's a new week, new work week, which brings what? New stress. So you know what? Monday's a bad day because Monday we need the comfort food, right? So you know what I'll do? Tuesday. We're going to start Tuesday. So Tuesday comes and you realize some of your favorite TV shows are on Tuesdays. And you can't just watch your favorite TV shows with not having your, your, your chicken wings, all right? Some of you are like, I don't, you know, that's too late at night. Okay, my bad. Your pie, your cake, how about this, your ice cream, all right? So then you think Wednesday. Wednesday's the day. Now, some of you, I'm going to hit you really hard here. It's just because it's, I'm a pastor. It's what I do. It's Bible study night. We don't have time to cook a healthy dinner. Some of you don't have that excuse because you don't attend Bible study. I told you I was going to hit you a little bit hard there on that one, all right? And so what, what do we do? Oh, we got to hurry up and throw something together for the family. So, you know, we go, to, we, we go to Fresh Pride to get fried chicken, all right? Or you go to Royal Farm to get the fried chicken, so you come home and you have your quick meal. So then you think to yourself, I'm going to start Thursday. 
Thursday. Thursday's the day. Well, Thursday, you're getting geared up for the weekend. So in your mind, you're like, what's the use of start now when I'm just going to splurge all over again? So you give up. And you see the cycle repeats and it repeats. So we have excuses as to why we can't start certain things. Um, I think if we would take a look at what the end result would be, most of us would be more prone to allowing that beginning to really happen. What I mean by that is when we look at a challenge that's laid before us, the challenge looks extremely difficult. And so what happens is we can find any excuse not to step in to that first day or that beginning stage because we take our focus off of what the end result potentially will be or could be in your life. Um, we love the easy. We love the easy path. We love the easy way. We want things to happen quickly. We want things to happen in what? Our timing and our agenda. Excuse me, agenda. But if we're not careful, we will choose the easy in every area of our lives. And what's the easy? We do this even spiritually in life. The easy is this. We can put off. Tomorrow will come again. And when tomorrow comes, then I will deal with that struggle. Today, I'm going to push it off. Today, I'm going to push it away. You know, one of the things for me in life is that I know that some of the dreams and the challenges or some of the uh, promises, rather, that God has given me for my life and for this church, to be honest with you. And when I think about those dreams and those promises, it excites me, it's as it should you. Every one of us in this room, at some point or another, has received a dream or a promise from God. Maybe it's a, a, within your marriage. Maybe it's within a job or in a relationship. Or marry, maybe it's your spiritual life. Maybe, maybe it's something of, of, of material or, or whatever it may be. We have all in some way received a dream or a promise from God. And those dreams and those promises should bring some type of excitement to us. It should build an excitement and anticipation with inside of us. It says, regardless of whatever challenges may come my way in order for me to reach that end goal, I'm willing to step out and to do what is ever necessary. My core thought for you this morning is this. God's best is often delivered through the hardest test. Think about that for a moment. God's best is often delivered through the hardest test. So if we're always choosing easy, then we are missing some of the best things that God has intended for your life. For instance, there's no joy like experiencing forgiveness towards someone. Think about that for a moment. No one likes to harbor uh, ill feelings toward people. I, I don't think people enjoy that. That, that causes anger and that causes dysfunction within the spirit, but also within relationships, within your family, within your friendships. And it, you know, when we can't forgive other people for what maybe they have done to us, then are we truly representing Christ? I don't believe so. We are to be an extension of Christ into people's lives, not an individual who builds up a wall between people between relationships. We're to be the extension of Christ into other people. 
If my brother was to offend me and my brother comes to me and says, I am sorry, it is my job in that moment to forgive. It's not my job to harbor ill feeling toward them. It's my job to forgive just as what Christ has forgiven me. You know, the, the, the phrase and the scripture, do unto others is what? Exactly. If you want to know peace, then know peace after your struggle with something over a period of time, but then release it to God. It's great peace when we can release our struggles to God and say, God, I need you now to deal in this area of my life. If you want to know grace and the supernatural strength, then we must step out and risk something for God. Here's a challenge for us that I hope that you will see this morning is that we will all refrain how we look at struggles. It could be relationship. It could be discipline. We are to refrain how we look at the struggles from something that you refrain to something that you what? Embrace. I believe that God is trying to bring something big into every one of our lives through the struggles that we go through every day. Here's what I want you to understand. For the next several weeks, we're going to embrace this, that the struggles that we see that God is putting us through, he is also delivering us into a supernatural area or to fulfill a dream and a promise that he is setting before us. We are to start looking and believing that one of the toughest struggles that you and I could ever go through. And this is one that I struggle with my own self, all right? This is an area that even myself, I go, I don't like doing this. And especially right now, in the season that I'm in, I don't want to do this. And this is the struggle. And every one of us in this room, in one area of our life or another, deals with this almost daily. And that is this, waiting. Waiting. You know, I'm geared to be a quick fixer. Let me be honest. That's who I am. If I see a problem, I need to get it fixed the day before the problem happened. Is anybody like that? Can you be honest? Thank you. There's a couple of us. All right. The rest of you are fantastic, right? But I believe one of the hardest struggles that you and I deal with is waiting. I mean, I don't like to see things broke. I don't like to see relationships broke. I don't like to see my car broke. My minivan can break down so we can trade it in. That's fine. All right? We don't like to see things busted up. I don't like to see my church busted up. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. Visitors, that's okay. One of the toughest things that we deal with is waiting. Nobody likes to do it. Now, let me, let me throw something out at you. January the 16th, 2008, I asked Andrea to marry me. That's pretty impressive right there, wasn't it? She's not in here to hear that. Somebody will tell her because somebody's always telling her my stories. I remember asking her to marry me, and we were at, um, let me think, Wisp in Maryland at a ski resort. I remember that. And, uh, you know, me, I don't want to wait for anything. I'm like, we need to get married. Let's go. Let's, let's get married. We don't need to wait around for this mess, you know. Let's get this over with. And she's like, no, no, we need to wait. 
We, we need to plan a nice wedding and all this stuff. And, you know, in my mind, I'm going, why? why? You're just throwing money away at all this stuff. What does it even matter, right? Well, it's food. They're going to they're gonna eat it one minute. They're going to do something with it the next minute. What does it matter? You know, I got to break you guys down here. You know, pony pinning's got you up tight. I can feel it. All right. And so we're going through this whole process, right? And those of you who have been married and, and you've gone through the process, you know what I'm talking about. We got to have invitations. And, and look, guys, you got to be included in it. And you sit there and you're just like, I don't care. Just pick something. I don't care. Like, can we just, we can go to Akamak. We can go to Akamak and get this done with now, you know. Call Pastor Thorne up. He can sign it. We're good, you know. And you get cake, and you got decorations, and you got an invite list, and you got all this mess. And I remember sitting there going, this is stupid. Why we got to go through all of this, you know? Why can't we just, I'm really digging a hole, guys, all right? I got to get myself out now, all right? But why do we got to go through all of this? And it's a waiting period. But you know what I'll never forget? The day of the wedding, it was a hurricane, so I'm definitely not going to forget. In my mind, I was like, I told you so. We should have just went ahead and got married, you know. <laughs> but I'll never forget standing there and looking. And as she walked down the aisle, the wait was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You better clap up. All right. You see, we don't like to wait. And sometimes... We have to go through a waiting procedure. We have to go through a waiting process. And God is sitting there being so patient sometimes. Actually, all the time. He's definitely patient with me all the time. Because I'm the most impatient person. But he, it's as if he was like Andrea. Now, I'm not saying Andrea's God here, all right? But she's like, just wait. It's all going to be worth it. It's all going to be worth it. And I think what God is wanting to bring to our attention this morning as a church but also as individuals, we must be patient on God and wait on God. Oftentimes, God places into a season of waiting to prepare us for what the end result is going to be, as long as we don't try to mess it up ourselves. Now, some of you could be waiting on a job, a spouse. Some of you are waiting on a rich spouse so you don't have to have a job. But whatever it is that you're waiting on, we've all gone, gone the same route before. We've started the waiting game. God give us a promise, and we're so excited about that promise. We're so excited about what God has revealed to us. We're so excited that, you know, God has given me a calling in my life, and I'm so excited. Let me be honest with you guys here for a second. I'll tell you a story here. Uh, my second youth pastorate, I was in West Virginia. And I had a great youth group, great youth ministry there. It was very large. And going through that, I had a lot of kids come through my youth ministry, and they would all proclaim, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm called to be a teacher. I'm called to be a youth pastor like you, Pastor Kev. I'm called to be all this stuff. And as a youth pastor, you know teenagers, right? They're all about emotion, up and down, up and down, up and down. And you just, shoo, shoo, you know, one ear and out the other. But yet you're trying to give them the best and, and all this stuff. I had this one kid in my youth group who wasn't the most flamboyant person. He wasn't the most, uh, he wasn't the most popular kid in school. 
He played athletics, but he wasn't the best. He was just kind of your average guy. Um, he, most people liked him because he was just a quiet individual, reserved, stayed to himself. And I, I took notice to him through the youth ministry because he was solid. Does that make sense? He was one of those kids who was just solid. He never came to me and said, Pastor Kevin, I've been called to go into the ministry. He never, he never told his mom and dad. He never went any of those directions or those routes that most people go through. But he came to his senior year of high school, and he all of a sudden was voted as his fellowship of Christian athletes president for his school. Nobody expected that. I didn't expect it. I didn't even know he was a part of it. You know, I was like, wow, that's, that's a huge accomplishment for you. And he went on from there and he went to college. He didn't go to a Christian school. He didn't go to a Bible college or, a, or any seminary or, or any theological institute or anything like that. And so he went to this, this secular school and he's, he was going for psychology. And uh, I could see that in him because he was just this low-key reserve. Nothing upset him. He was just, you know, you always knew where he was. Does that make sense? You always knew where his attitude was. And during it, I believe this was a waiting period for this young man. All of a sudden, he'd come out of school, and a church was looking for a young adult minister to, to, to uh, hire. And he, I remember him talking to me. He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I mean, do you feel like you're supposed to do this? He's like, I kind of do, but I'm not really sure what to do. I said, well, you know what? Let's test the waters and see. So he goes in, he gets the job, and he does a great thing. He grows this, this young adult ministry, and, and you can see God's hand working and moving is where I'm getting at. It's a waiting period. And he goes through, and it's like several years. He's in this young adult ministry serving at a, a very large church in, in southern West Virginia. And all of a sudden, he gets a phone call one day to go to Alabama, to go to a mega church, and, and to, 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 to be a part of that young adult ministry. And so he goes. This young kid who wasn't popular, didn't have a whole lot, you know, enthusiasm. It didn't appear in his life, but yet was very solid in his spiritual walk. So he goes to Alabama, and he goes there, and, and he does a great thing there. And all of a sudden, this, this 